0: Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Welcome to the Phoenix 5 Show. I'm your host, Ryan Cody, alongside uh, Donna Rossi, our communications director here in the Public Affairs Bureau at the Phoenix Police Department. We want to thank Bonneville for this time um, to bring you some of the... Major happenings and things going on at the Phoenix Police Department. It's been a busy time, certainly, uh, as it is always, but especially leading up to Super Bowl. We're excited to, um, you know, help our community stay safe in so many different aspects. And uh, Donna, that's actually a big thing that we want to talk about today because there's something, there's a training that's been in the works at Phoenix PD that you know, we hope and believe could be very beneficial for not only our officers, but the community moving forward. And you had a chance to go through it this week.
1: I did, Ryan. I had a chance to go through uh, a day and a half worth of this training. It's called ICAT, I-C-A-T. It stands for Integrating Communications, Assessment, and Tactics. Uh, While I am a professional staff and not a sworn member of the department, uh, there was still a lot to learn And uh, really wonderful to see this training uh, coming here. This was um, the uh, impetus of Chief Sullivan, who believes in continuously getting better. It's not that we're doing things wrong. It's that there's always room for improvement. And Chief Sullivan is is really a, a strong believer in that. He wants to assess what we're doing and then correct any mistakes we're making, And even if we're not doing anything wrong, how can we do it better? You could always, you know, look back and kind of Monday morning quarterback and say, okay, that turned out really well. Did we do everything right? If we didn't, what can we do better? If we did everything right, is there even a better way to do it? So that's kind of what this training is about. It's all about communication. Uh, The basis of the training is really about time and space and distance. If you have space and distance and time, you really have options. When you get to a scene, do you have to rush into a decision-making process? Can you wait? Can you assess? Can you create some time, some space, and then have better options in order to to move forward? So based
0: on the name ICAT, we're talking about communications and tactics. So essentially what we're talking about is the right way to talk to people, depending on the situation that you're presented. And we do. We say all the time, you know, as as an officer, a lot of times you you interact with people on their worst day. Uh, why else would an officer be there uh, unless you needed one to show up? So we're talking about tense situations um, and myself as a civilian as well. This is this is something that you look at and you don't necessarily envy because these are really hard, hard moments to be involved in.
1: Absolutely. And then when you think about the People that our officers come in contact with. More and more, they're dealing with people who are in crisis, whether that be for the moment or whether they have a a mental health issue that they're dealing with uh, that's long-term. You're dealing with people sometimes who uh, want to no longer be here uh, in this life, and they don't want to take that act themselves, and so, you know, they call it suicide by cop, which is a a horrible position to put everybody in. Right. And and so... uh, that's that's what this is this is about communicating with people uh, and creating that time, creating that space, and, and creating other options other than rushing in. This also is specific to uh, coming into contact with people who are not armed with firearms, so maybe they have something in their hand that could possibly be a threat, uh, but it's not a firearm that's posing an imminent danger.
0: So that distance that is created is is actually really beneficial in a situation. For instance, if you're talking about a knife as a weapon, as opposed to a firearm, if you have some distance, then you can keep some safety for at least you and the rest of your officers. And then I would imagine the hard thing is to make sure that that individual stays safe as well.
1: Absolutely. This this is all about preservation of life on, on uh, every aspect, uh, on the people that we come in contact with, our community members, uh, as well as our officers. This program uh, has comes with tremendous credibility. It, it's being utilized in, in many departments across the country. It's research-based, uh, it's powerful, and it, it also has a psychological component uh, on board with it. So, uh, this, is, this is something that Phoenix PD is looking at um, to hopefully uh, implement uh, throughout our ranks. Still in the very early stages of planning, this was kind of a preview mm-hmm. uh, of what we got the other uh, the other days. Uh, and so um, it, it's 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 very exciting to see where it can where it can help us uh, be better every day. I, I know there have been departments across the country who have seen tremendous success. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, you know, in speaking to the, the guy who kind of runs the show and, and is the, you know, the traveling uh, teacher for this whole program, his name is Dan Alioto. And um, he works for the Police Executive Research Forum, otherwise known as PERF. So um, I had a chance, you know, after the training to chat with him a little bit about what his objective and what the whole purpose of this thing was. So uh, we'll let you listen in on that for a few minutes.
2: So ICAT is uh, Integrating Communications Assessment and Tactics. Essentially, it's taking the, the normal... Uh, training that we do in silos in police work and integrating them all together. So when you're looking at several uh, modules uh, that, that we teach in the classroom, uh, you're talking about crisis recognition, uh, some decision-making, the critical decision-making model, and then you're going through um, your responses and your tactics uh, with an emphasis uh, also on suicide by cop. So when we're, uh, we're doing those, uh, going through those modules, uh, we're really trying to uh, get officers not to get caught in a culture of speed, uh, to slow things down and understand that um, you know uh, necessarily that immediate compliance doesn't mean that it, there's a threat and understanding the difference between somebody who's a threat and threatening, um, and then of course not compressing space and time, uh, especially you know nowadays where we're, uh, we're in the profession shorthanded. Uh, there's a, a push to, to clear calls and go to the next one. When you have somebody in crisis, you really need to do the opposite and slow things down and give people the opportunity um, when emotions are high, and rational thinking's low, uh, for those two things to come a little bit more uh, even. When you're talking about communication in a crisis situation, what's at stake? Uh, somebody's life, somebody's lives. I mean, it's, that's the whole thing. That's why we talk about um, the communication is important in making a connection and driving a connection and building rapport, uh, to get somebody to see that there are other options other than maybe what they're looking at. Um, maybe they just, they just can't see it. Uh, maybe they haven't tried something. Um, and sometimes you're dealing with people who are chronically mentally ill and you're going to deal with them again and you're building a rapport, not just for that incident, but for the next time you see them. And then you get to have people in situational crisis. That might be the only time that they're ever in that position in their life. Um, and then here you are as a, as a police officer that can, uh, um, you know, can, can really be successful in some of these situations.
0: What was the process to get
2: you guys here? Did Phoenix PD reach out to you? Can you, can you explain all that? Yeah, they did. Uh, they reached out to us, and it was a, a, a process to get us out here. Um, and then, uh, as you saw earlier, there's uh, instructors that are from all over the country, if, uh, from the East Coast to in California and um, some in, in between. Uh, that come out that they're doing in their agencies and they're seeing successes in their agency and they're coming out to understand uh, some of the challenges. Uh, You know, uh, sometimes change is difficult um, because, you know, you really uh, want to take the time to understand it before you're uh, willing to implement it. From your perspective, what does it say about an organization that would reach out to you guys and want to get better in their communications aspect? Well, you know, so obviously uh, I believe in it or I wouldn't be teaching it um we're in a position now where uh we're really we're we're not telling people um not to use force we're saying don't be the reason that force has to be used don't have officer uh created jeopardy uh, put yourself in a posi- put yourself in their position for a minute and think about it um how would you respond if it was your child? How would you respond if it was your parent um and that's all we're asking for we're just asking for that. That same opportunity to do the uh, the assessment and allow uh, again when motions are high, uh, people aren't thinking properly, and and sometimes that venting process allows them to. And um, as long as you're not trying to move it along too quick, uh, you know a lot of times these these instances are are successful, and we're seeing that. We're seeing uh, you know the research that supports uh, ICAT talks about uh, less officers getting injured, less citizens getting injured. Uh, less overall uses of force, less complaints, all of those things um, that go into it. And a call for service is reactive. You go to a call for service, uh, you know, the majority of the time that call is, that that, that crime has already been, um, you know, uh, has taken place and you're really in a reporting and documenting phase. Um, Think about somebody in in crisis. And again, you know, change it just a little bit. How would you respond or how would you want the police to respond if it was your kid? No, I, I, I think, you know, I think, again... Um, it says a lot that the um that the agency uh has us out here uh doing this uh, It says a lot that there's um dispatchers that are here uh the importance of having dispatchers involved uh because they really are the first part of first responder getting that information and they 'll do a better job when they understand what the police officers really want or need or what the thought process is for a police officer. you know we tend not to uh historically um use uh dispatchers and, and train with them or co train or collaborate with them and uh to see that, that you have them here is uh is part of a, a trend across the country and, and uh I should be pretty proud of that.
0: One of the most interesting things to me in listening to what he had to say was how he, he picks trainers from all over the country from various police departments to come and be a part of this training. So you can get various perspectives. Uh, one of the gentlemen uh, was from the Camden, New Jersey Police Department, which he said they've had great success in implementing this and some of their officers uh, in their training. So we're hopeful that that we can do the same thing here. Again, this is still very, you know, early on in the process of how we're going to roll this out, though.
1: I also talked to people who say that their academies have implemented this in their basic training. Right. So it's part of their basic training. Every officer the minute they start the academy we'll get this kind of training uh and then if there's something that the phoenix police department does implement uh, department wide uh it would be something that we would train the people that are already doing the job it's it's not that we're not doing a lot of the tenets of this of this program as already uh we have citop trained officers which is crisis intervention training right and and that is a lot about talking we have negotiators who do a lot of Talking, connecting with individuals out there. I mean, those are
0: similar tactics, right, that you would see as like a negotiator, um, you know, to calm situations, to come in, you know, at an even keel. You know, there's also been a push from the community to make sure that in a lot of these mental health situations, we have someone who's able to be there, who is trained to do just what we're talking about, what ICAT is there to help with. So this seems to make sense, especially in the early on phases of, um, you know, curriculum to become a police officer. I understand. Uh, you know, as an outsider, as non-sworn, it seems to make a lot of sense.
1: I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense. I think uh, the community, uh, when they learn more about this program, I think the officers, when they learn more about this program, uh, will will know that it's uh, another tool in their toolbox mm-hmm. to to make sure they go home to their families and to make sure uh, the community is safe. Let's face it: when you talk to officers and ask them why they became officers. They all say because they want them to make a difference. Right. Right. The the last thing they want to do is be in a situation where they have to use uh, force and certainly not lethal force. Yeah. And
0: talking to a lot of officers as well, as as we do for stories and whatnot here in Public Affairs Bureau, a lot of them will tell you the most important part of their job is communicating on a daily basis. I mean, they make contact with individuals from the public all the time. And if you don't know how to talk to, to someone based on, A, who they are, and B, what they're dealing with, then I don't know how you can expect a positive outcome in that situation. And also to that point, you know, it just is what it is. We're talking about the younger generation doesn't really talk to each other face-to-face or on the phone anymore. It's a lot of text messages and things of that nature. So it's some pretty important
1: and valuable training. Exactly why the first day of the academy, every recruit is asked to stand up and answer you know, a series of questions out loud and, and make a verbal presentation to get them talking right from the get go. We'll see how
0: uh, this is, we decide to roll this out. Um, we're very excited that we had several members of the department go through it. We hope that it could be certainly valuable.
1: And we will certainly keep our community informed of how uh, how this goes.
0: You've been listening to Five O Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.